Halloween is three days away. Remember the good old days when our parents would hand us a plastic jack-o'-lantern as we were dressed up as a Disney princess, a robot, a cop, a pirate, or anything we desired under the sun. We would just take that walk up to that door, ring the doorbell, and yell, Trick or treat! Did you get tricked or did you get treats? This year, COVID has affected everything we have done. Has it affected our Halloween traditions? Clutch onto your candy and join me, Alexis, on Clutch, a podcast by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. So find out. You're listening to Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America, powered by Building Rome. The content that you're about to hear are the opinions and views of the show hosts and guests and does not represent their views or opinions of Clutch by RGAA or its affiliates and sponsors. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use any information given as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Our podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to Clutch by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. Hello, lovely ladies and everyone who is listening. I am Alexis, and for today, I will be your host, on Clutch, a podcast by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. Halloween is definitely three days away, and already I'm noticing how traditions have changed. Take last year, for example. Last year, everyone was already decorating their houses, like maybe two weeks before Halloween. And now looking around my neighborhood, there aren't a lot of Halloween decorations, right? So when we think of Halloween, I automatically think of children because it means trick-or-treat day, the day where they can dress up as whatever their hearts desire and go and ring doorbells to get tricks or treats. Well, I don't know about tricks because... As you listeners are aware, I did share a story about how my little sister and I were tricked one year, and that kind of ruined Halloween for the both of us. And for those of you who are new, thank you for tuning in, and I'll recap that story really quickly. It was a Halloween um, when me and my sister were relatively small. My sister had to be maybe four or five, which places me uh, or nine since I am four years older. And this house was known for this gentleman jumping out from behind the door to yell boo, right? But for whatever reason this that year, he particularly thought it would be funny to grab my little sister and kind of yank her, like, towards the house to scare her. He meant it as funny or a ha-ha joke or a scary trick. 
But it didn't quite work out the way that he was hoping it to because it really scarred my sister and it definitely scarred me because we got into a tug of war battle with my sister where he was tugging her towards the door and I was trying to tug her towards me one armed while I tried to beat the crap out of him with a bag full of candy screaming for my mother at the top of my lungs. Of course, the police were called, and the only advice I remember the police officer giving the gentleman was, do not put your hands on somebody else's children, because that will always be misinterpreted. And because of that, it has charged me and my sister, but that does not mean that Halloween traditions are still not around. Do you like to carve pumpkins? I have seen some pretty awesome carving videos on YouTube where a lot of people use tools other than what you can get typically in a basic carving pumpkin toolkit. A lot of people use the knives. Some people, if they are artistic enough, even use saws or power saws depending on what they're carving. And they might, um, it takes a lot of skill because a pumpkin, while hard, is not solid wood. So, like, you know, a saw can definitely go through a pumpkin rather easily. So these fantastic artists would carve people's faces, carve words, carve animals into these pumpkins to turn them into jack-o'-lanterns. And they look amazing, right? But for me, I never did carve a pumpkin, even as a child, because when I was small, my teacher did have that activity. I took one look at that pumpkin, and she said, oh, you have to put your hands in there, Alexis. You have to scoop up the seeds and the stringy stuff. I took one look, and I said, no, thank you, because as a child, I did not like to get my hands dirty, and that has not changed. I. She was like, oh, no, Alexis, this is how you you need to do it. She literally took my hands and put them inside the pumpkin and say, he is just seeds and pulp or string or whatever you want to call it. It's the flesh, and you scoop it out. Nope, I was done, and I was like, can I please go wash my hands? I I no. Mm-mm. To this day, um, there is a dish called pumpkin soup that my sister loves. I still won't scoop out the flesh of the pumpkin with my hands. A lot of people say it's the quickest way. I take the long route and do it with a spoon. I'm not touching it. But for a lot of people, carving pumpkins, they put it outside and you put a candle in and depending where you live and such like that, depending on the size of the pumpkin. A lot of people, what they do for safety reasons, of course, is to put one of those battery, battery, battery operated um, candles in. That looks really awesome, especially when it's a clear night and it's dark and you drive by some people's houses. It's really neat to see what kind of jack-o'-lanterns they have because Traditionally, if you really think about it, it's usually just 
triangles for the eyes, the diamond for the nose, and the odd shape for the mouth, right? But like I said, on YouTube, a lot of people are really creative where they showcase their pumpkins, where they use specialty tools to carve faces and such. So has COVID affected jack-o'-lanterns? I really don't think so because it's not something that requires you to be around people to do it. You definitely can still continue the tradition of doing it in your own homes and then just placing it on your front porch for um, people walking by or people who are driving by to see. But sadly, in my neighborhood, I haven't seen any jack-o'-lanterns. But another tradition, like I mentioned, a lot of people love to decorate their houses. And I don't know what those um, balloons are called. They're not exactly a balloon, but they're not exactly a float. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that around Halloween or Thanksgiving or Christmas, they blow it up in the front yard and the wind just blows them and then it looks like it's moving, if that makes sense. Right, a lot of people tend to decorate their homes, they go all out, right? They put spider webs, they put pictures of ghosts, they put stirs, they put fake spiders, and depending um, if the person is elaborate enough, they can set up tricks to, I guess, spook the trick or treaters um, in a fun way, not a scary way where um, I definitely remember a house as a kid where I pulled on a string and a bunch of bats, like, came swooping down, but it was paper bats. Like, another time where um, I remember walking past this church where they basically had a Halloween fair where this gentleman was on the table and every time you walk by, if you hit a particular button, he starts spasming and sitting up and going, Whoa, oh, oh, oh. sorry, I can't do a scary laugh. But, um, yeah, it was so much fun. But COVID definitely has affected um, decorations around my neighborhood. Has it affected around yours? Because I asked my sister, and my sister said the same thing. She said that, in the neighborhoods around her work area, they're not decorating either. I don't know, is it because COVID have affected a lot of people and their employment? Or maybe people just figured that a lot of parents are not going to take their children trick-or-treating. So it would just be a waste of time to decorate and put in all that effort if nobody's going to be around to see. And what are your um, Halloween traditions, right? I did a podcast about a month ago called Fall Traditions, and most of those traditions can be done around Halloween. Because think about it, King's Dominion, a lot of theme parks tend to go all out on Halloween. Because people like to be scared in a fun way, not in a scary way, but in a fun way, like the haunted house and such like that. Have you guys ever been in a... I would want to, I would not use the term scary house, right, or scary mansion, although it could be scary for young children. 
I will tell you a funny um, mishap story about that in a second. But, like, I remember the last time I was in one, like, it's, like, pitch black inside with, like, dim lighting. And they use special effects, like, air coming from the floor and, like, you know, staff members are hiding or dressed up as characters. Sometimes if you put your hand in something, you feel something grab you back. Things like that. Fun, scary, right? So the funny mishap, or not so funny, but funny now that, that we're older, when me and my sister were little, our father took us to a boardwalk around Halloween. And they had one of those rides called enter the scary mansion or something like that, right? So for whatever reason, um, my little sister, I, my dad, and the friends that were there got separated. So my sister ended up going with the friends. So it was a really scary house for my little sister, only because she was still small and the monsters jumping out, the air blowing, like the things flying down towards her face were not positive for her. And I remember I already had her went on the ride with my father and we were waiting for everybody to come out. But at the top, they the cart that you ride in comes outside so you can see outside for like about 10 seconds. And as soon as it came out, my sister saw me and our father down below, and she's screaming for um, our father because it was really scary for her. And she was, like, crying hysterically. There was no way to let her off the ride, so she had to finish the ride out. So by the time the ride was finished, my sister was, like, just crying hysterically, crying her eyes out because she was, like, really frightened. And, like, the staff members actually felt kind of bad because they didn't realize how young my sister was. She had to be, like, maybe four or something like that. But, like, she was with um, my father's friends, so it wasn't like she was riding the ride alone. So when the ride was over and they allowed her out, my sister weren't crying. But um, there is a happy ending to the story where she got a new stuffed animal. <laughs> it was Dumbo. Um, if anybody remembered the Disney movie about the elephant who could fly, yeah, my dad won a prize, and it was Dumbo, and he gave it to my sister um, to console her. Sorry that he wasn't with her for the ride, and I felt bad because I honestly, really honestly thought my sister was right behind me. I felt really bad, and I don't know how we got separated, but we did, and like it was really traumatizing for her. So, see, it's rides like that that I think are tradition, because a lot of people love going to theme parks. Like Mickey's Halloween party is really popular in Disney. Like they have characters. Like watching videos on YouTube makes me really want to go. But, of course, this year COVID has canceled a lot of things and such like that. But I think it would be so cool to continue these traditions because while Halloween is not a favorite holiday of mine, I have gotten a lot better at being a good sport, at being the one being tricked, if that makes sense. So let's go ahead and take a break. 
and we'll be right back. Become a patron of Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America. By supporting creators you love on Patreon, you're becoming an active participant in their creative process. As a member, you receive exclusive content, community access, behind-the-scenes updates, and the pride of viewing work that matters to you. Joining is easy. Visit patreon.com backslash realgirlfriends across America. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash realgirlfriends across America. Every donation helps. Do you have a product, brand, or service that you want to advertise on our platform? Well, look no further. Send us an email to realgirlfriends7 at gmail.com. That's realgirlfriends, the number 7, at gmail.com to place your advertisement here. Clutch by RGAA is powered by Building Rome. Building Rome, Inc. is a professional company that provides an array of services to freelancers, creatives, virtual hustlers, and business owners. For more information on hiring Building Rome, log on to the website at buildingromeinc.com. Once again, the website is buildingromeinc.com. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. The founder of Nixium has been sentenced to the remainder of his life in prison. Keith Rainier, founder of the company Nixium, has been sentenced to 120 years in prison. The U.S. District Judge Nicholas Gorofis read the sentence in Brooklyn Federal Court Tuesday after more than a dozen people gave victim impact statements at his sentencing. The judge said in his decision that the crimes Rainier were convicted of are cruel, perverse, and extremely serious. Despite everything that has happened and despite the countless victims who gave voice to the great pain, Mr. Rainier remained unmoved. Indeed, he maintains his innocence. To him, the brave victims who have spoken out against the abuse suffered at his hands, including those who spoke today, are liars. Rainier, 60, was convicted back in 2019 by a jury in Brooklyn Federal Court of Counts, including racketeering, sex trafficking, sex exploitation of a child, and human trafficking. Keith Rainier will not be able to victimize people anymore after today's sentence and we are very grateful for that said acting U.S. Attorney for Eastern District of New York Seth Determ it struck me in listening to the victims that Rainier really twisted people's trust and their need to find some meaning and hope in their lives in just the most insidious and devious ways Okay, and we are back. 
and we are definitely talking about Halloween traditions. So, as I mentioned, Disney Parks did um, Mickey's uh, Halloween party. King's Dominion definitely does something scary. But believe it or not, a couple of years ago, my cousin introduced me to this free Halloween tradition in her neighborhood where this place took um, went all out for Halloween. It was on about a small piece of land where you would walk, you would discover Halloween tricks and treats, right? But it got shut down because a lot of people in the neighborhood weren't, a ha- weren't happy about their attractions, the noise, and a whole bunch of people parking on the street. So it kind of ruined the fun. But while it was there, oh, my God, what I mean by being a good sport They have, like, this walk in the woods, right? And you would walk, and there would be people on either side of the lane just waiting for you to walk by, covered in, like, nature and stuff like that. So because it's black outside or dark, you can't see. So they'll just reach out their hand and grab and yank you. Oh, my God, I used to get so scared. And there's this creepy little shack at the end where um, you just go into the little creepy shack. But the first time there was one guy in there and I had my back to the shack and I felt something touch my shoulder, right? And I was like, Joyce, did you just touch my shoulder? My cousin looked at me. She was like, no, you're imagining things. Then I felt something like scratch me on the back of my neck. I said, Julie, my cousin's like, I'm not doing anything. Then all of a sudden, this hand just grabs me and just go, oh, my God. I screamed so freaking loud that it kind of echoes through the woods, right? And after that, my cousin Julie makes it a point to warn me when she sees anything because I am such a chicken, right? I'm like, no, like, it's good to be scared because I know they don't mean to hurt you. But, like, it's like, you know, the way that uh, they did it, it was really good and unexpected. You know what I mean? Because you never know around which corner, which you're going to see. Like, one, uh, the next year, you walk into the creepy shack, and the guy wasn't there anymore. But there was um, the girl, a little girl doll that could, it was a robot that could remove its head, and the swing would just swing. And she'll look at you and be like, in a really big voice, do you want to play? Push me. And I'm like, yeah, no, chicken. No, 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 no. And last but not least, the last Halloween tradition is usually costumes and trick-or-treating. Disney definitely has a lot of infamous characters that have been translated into the costume world. I remember the Cinderella uh, the Cinderella costumes was popular and did not want to be Cinderella. There was Snow White, Mulan, not so much, Pocahontas, I do remember. And then, like, for boys, there were, like, Woody, Buzz Lightyear, Pirates, and 
so much more like robots and such like that. And there are even vampires. But see, here's the thing. Has anybody bought that kit for their child or did you have it as a kid where it came with the fangs and like the makeup to draw the fake blood and everything? I never knew how to do that. So like, you know, they stick the fangs in your mouth and then like they were dry and I'm like, mm. Right, because I was always the kid that did not like things on my face. So, like, if they drew anything on my face, like, sooner or later it would be rubbed off because I have this bad habit of, like, you know, just rubbing, right? So, remember the other day when we were talking about Halloween stories and costumes, and I mentioned that embarrassing story? Yeah, that was definitely an embarrassing story. Because can you believe that I was dressed up as a Sailor Moon character? And I was happy to do it because Sailor Moon was all the rage. I loved the show and stuff like that. And, like, you know, there I was in, like, a tutu, um, the gloves, the little tiara thing. My hair was sprayed, like, temporarily blue. But because I had really dark hair, it wasn't really blue, but it was blue-tinted, right? I like, you know, the little skirt. Like, we didn't have the shoes, so I wore tennis shoes. So I was like, yeah, but I'm not walking around in those little boots. And can you imagine that two of my classmates came to the house unbeknownst to me? I didn't even know that they knew where I lived. So that was a little embarrassing because of my obsession with Sailor Moon. I earned the nickname Moon Princess. And for those who watch Sailor Moon, you'll understand. So what about the costumes that you wore as a child? Were you a princess? Were you a Disney princess? Were you a robot? Were you a ghost? Did you dress up? Did you dress your kid up as a bumblebee? There are so many cute costumes out there that I always go, oh, when I, because um, I remember one particular year, all right, my aunt did not get candy because we didn't anticipate any children coming to the door because at this time in the particular neighborhood we lived in was mostly older generations. So, like, here I was about to leave the house, and this little girl and her mom walked up, and she was dressed as um, one of the little bears from the three, the three bears from Goldilocks or Goldilocks and the three bears, the book, I, I can't remember the title. But she walked out, and her mom was like, oh, are you not handing out candy? I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that there were children in this neighborhood. And I was just like, yeah, I, we just moved in down the street. I was like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. The little girl held out her bag, and she goes, pick a treat. And her mom was like, sweetie, I don't think people realize that there are children in this neighborhood, so not a lot of houses are going to have candy. I was like, oh, no, hold on one second. I'm sure I can find something. <laughs> so I ran right back inside the house, and at the time, somebody had given us a whole case of one of those snack things, like Hostess, but it wasn't Hostess. It was an off-brand. So, like, I grabbed a couple, and I came out, and I was like, I'm so sorry, but we don't have candy in our household. The only thing we have are these Hostess snacks. They're packaged and sealed. Can she have them? And her mom was like, yeah, definitely. So I gave her a couple, and I was like, happy Halloween. And she was like, thank you so much. And, oh, my gosh, she was so cute. She had to be, like, maybe three or four. She 
had the cutest little cheeks and like you know the little ears oh my gosh she looks so adorable in her costume I love trick-or-treaters only because it's so awesome to see um, them all dressed up and stuff like that and like it brings nostalgia because even though Halloween was cut short by that one scary incident I do remember dressing up I even dressed up in high school even though I did not go all out because I wasn't trying to invest in anything and anything like that I mostly just wore black and stuck a witch's hat on top of my head and said there I dressed up I'm a witch Right, and for those who knew me in high school, I think most did believe that I was a witch because here's a funny story. My little sister, because of our four years each difference, before she realized the happenings of what females go through, right, she used to swear that there was a portal in my room that would open the gates of hell and I would be possessed once a month because I was mean to her for no reason whatsoever. It's because she hadn't gone through the change yet, so she didn't understand. So when she finally was able to go through the change and stuff like that, she goes, oh, my God, Alexis, I feel your pain, right? So... Did you go trick-or-treating? Did you have any tricks on how to get more candy? Because believe it or not, my two cousins learned at a very early age how to get more candy. Because you know the plastic little jack-o'-lanterns that parents can buy from the dollar store? It can only hold so much candy. What they would do is they would empty out their bucket into a pillowcase that's in the car. So my uncle would drive them to what we like to call the Richie Rich neighborhood of the bigger houses where they would give out more candy. (laughs) They would have um, a pillowcase for each of them in the car, and they would go and they would collect candy, and because these people opening the door don't see that much candy in their buckets, they try to make up for it by giving them a lot of candy. So, like, when it gets, like, halfway full, they'll go back to the car and dump it out (laughs) into their um, pillowcases. So, the next house they'll go up is, like, an empty bucket. And they'll be like, trick or treat. And like, they're about to give you a piece or two of candy. And they're like, oh, did you not get a lot of candy? And these two would look so cute for, no, we started out late and a lot of people ran out of candy or they just weren't giving out a lot. So, like, of course, as an adult, when a child does that, you see a child with a sad face, and it pulls out your heartstrings, so they would just hand them, like, a ton of candy. There you go. Thank you so much. Talk about devious, right? Like, seriously. But you know what? I am not proud to say I learned from them. And the following year, I definitely went with them, and I played that trick. 
I honestly did. I pouted and I was like, there wasn't a lot of candy. And I would get handful of candy because, like, you know, it was the way to get, like, the little crunch bars, the little Kit Kats, and stuff like that. So has COVID affected trick-or-treating this year? I definitely think so. I don't know if anybody in my fa- in my family or in my neighborhood is going to do trick or treating because I have not seen anything in the newsletter. I searched online and a lot of places are saying that most likely they're not going to allow their children out and about because it's still social distancing and stuff like that. I mean, that if you wear a mask and stuff like that, but still. They just prefer to keep things small. So what are you going to do this year to make Halloween a little bit better for your children? I have some fantastic ideas that I have been mewing over. So you know how a lot of parents don't like for their children to go door to door to door because in today's society there is the issue of safety and you never know with candy because Corinne had mentioned that as a child in her neighborhood they used to put dangerous things into the candy. So a lot of churches or a lot of schools or a lot of communities will have something called like a safer alternative where like, you know, candy and such like that or like carnivals. But here's the thing. The game Bobbing for Apples where they fill a bucket full of water and you kind of like stick your face in there to try to catch an apple, it's no longer, well, I don't want to say acceptable, but it should be done this year. So I think that if you really wanted to do that for your children, what you can do is just fill it up and instead of using real apples, use one of those squishy apples or wooden apples and instead of putting your face in there, use your feet, right? And it's not the same as eating a real apple, but you can number those apples. And definitely each number is corresponded to a prize. A lot of people don't feel comfortable giving their children candy, so they switch it out for healthier treats. But healthier treats kind of bring down the fun around Halloween. So I would definitely say an alternate alternative goal goal is to hand out sugar-free candy. There is a misconception out there on a lot of sugar-free things not tasting good. It actually tastes just as good because I've actually tried sugar-free cookies and, like, you know, it tastes a little bit different. I won't lie, but, like, you know, it's actually not too bad. So another thing you can do is, like, you know, get together with the neighbors that do have kids and, like, kind of plan out a route and then just go trick-or-treating at each other's houses, right? You definitely don't have to go big where you're going through the whole neighborhood and such like that because COVID has changed the world, but it doesn't mean that your children can't have fun in a safe environment, right? You could definitely can work something out with your neighborhood or work something out with a church and stuff like that. And, like, you know, if it is a community event what you can do is to prevent like mass crowds and stuff like that just have people sign up 
in times where they can go. Like, for example, if it is a free event and such like that, you can hand out time tickets, right? Time tickets where, like, you know, they get to go for an hour and then, like, they leave and then the next people go through and such like that. So that way you can have plenty of room for social distancing and still plenty of fun to be had. While it's not going to be the same, and, like, of course, I understand children love being with other children. They love running around, screaming, being on sugar high and stuff like that. Unfortunately, COVID has changed things where it's not safe for them to be running around in close proximity because you just never know. Better safe than sorry, but that does not mean fun can't be had. And if you're not in a community with a lot of children or you're just not that comfortable going to a community event, even if there are safety precautions, why not create a little fun in your own home? You definitely can do a cookie decorating station where you can buy store-bought cookies and, like, you know, just put icing out and stuff like that. Or you can basically just... um, put little fun tricks or treats around the house and do a scavenger hunt, something like that will definitely keep the Halloween spirit alive, but at the same time keep you and yours safe. Because bottom line is Halloween traditions are meant to be fun, are meant to instill happy memories, right? But the last thing I definitely want is for us all to participate and end up getting sick. So, like, you know, just because we have to take precautions and just because we wear masks and stuff like that does not necessarily mean that we cannot have our fun. So definitely reach out to me here on Clutch and let me know what your Halloween traditions are. Is it different? If you are listening from another country, is their Halloween in your country? Is it celebrated differently? I definitely would love to know. And most importantly, what do you guys do with the jack-o'-lanterns after um, Halloween? Because if you spent all that time carving them and all the flesh is out, it seems so sad to just sit them and trash them. But you can't necessarily leave them outside forever because eventually they would start to rot and they would attract um burn into the houses. So I definitely would love to know if there are any creative ways out there on how to make that jack-o'-lantern magic last just a little bit longer. And with that, I'm definitely going to wish everybody a happy early Halloween. I hope that you and your family have lots of fun traditions. Hope you and your families are creating lots and lots of memories. And most of all, I hope that you have a treat or two. Good night. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, clutch on to your best friend and 
stay tuned. <laughs>